Orbit's Corner here, releasing this on a Wednesday morning, recording this on a Tuesday evening. We got uh, some crazy championship games, and then we got just bombshell news in the NFL. So we'll get to breaking down the games and the eventual Super Bowl, but we got to talk about Brian Flores. Um, look, we knew this was happening. We knew that it was it was disgusting. It was so blatant. David Culley gets fired. He was clearly just... Uh, you know, hired as a scapegoat for a year. Brian Flores uh, has like one of the best tenures in recent history for the Miami Dolphins, and he gets canned. Um, Eric Bieniemy can't get a job. I mean, it's year after year. We're kind of seeing the writing on the wall here and the despicableness of just, you know, what's been going on with the owners just abusing the Rooney rule, treating it as a mockery, still doing whatever they want, still not having to account for anything. Um and, you know, Jim Caldwell is still taking interviews and I see him interviewing for positions and I immediately see through that where it's like, hey, what, you know, there's only one reason you're doing it and it's because you have to. You're literally making this guy sit through it. Um, you know, Willie Randolph went through this in the Major League Baseball. Uh, you know, it's sad. These guys, I, I don't know what the solution is. That's the thing. Um, but you know, now we actually have proof. So hopefully this is a good start. I, and we'll talk about what's going on with this whole lawsuit, Brian Flores, et cetera. But, uh, you know, we actually have the proof and Bill Belichick gave it to us on Tom Brady's retirement as he was not mentioning the Patriots at all. Uh, okay. So what's the solution? I don't know. I would like to think people hire the best candidate, uh, candidate, regardless of color or ethnicity. Um, but these old rich white guy owners were born in a different time. Uh, they don't answer to anybody and it's just so shitty. These guys are going in for these sham interviews and now we actually have the proof because Bill Belichick just misplaced and mistake mistook his Bryant. He was texting Brian Flores thinking it was Brian Dable, the offensive coordinator, one of the coaches of the Buffalo Bills, congratulating him. Hey, Brian, congrats. I heard that you got, uh, I'm hearing the bill. Uh, I'm hearing the giants hired you. And, uh, Brian Flores gets this text from Bill Belichick. They both coach together in new England and he's going, what, you know, are you hearing something? I'm not. And he goes, yeah, I'm hearing the, that you're the guy. He goes, thanks. I, I interview on Thursday, Brian Flores. And then Brian Flores gets to thinking, wait a second. And he texts Bill Belichick coach. Who do you think you're talking to? Brian Flores or Brian Dayball and Bill Belichick goes, my bad. I misread the text. Uh, I was talking about Dayball. Uh, whoops. Big, you know, tough, tough luck. Big mistake by an old guy using technology. Bill Belichick. Oh, wait, he's texting Brian. He's talking about the job for Brian Dayball being hired for a job that Brian Flores is scheduled to interview two days later than he's receiving this text. So he just knows right there. It's a sham interview. Boom. Questions with this. For, you know, we understand the Rooney rule. People are, do, you know, a lot of people are doing just what they think is their due diligence by interviewing a minor, more uh, minority candidate and just not, you know, great. We interviewed him. He's not, we're just not going to hire him. We're going to hire someone else. We're going to hire Vic Fangio. Uh, why? And, uh, you know, it's it, now it's literally, oh, First of all, it's just that, that you're doing that. You're conducting these sham interviews. You're towing, towing along, one, a great coach in Brian Flores, and two, what I assume to be a great human being. He's a Boston College guy. He's a hard worker. Um, and then all of a sudden, you get him you know, being dragged along by the Giants, 
And what, why does Bill Belichick know about this two days earlier? Why does, why does Bill Belichick know that Brian Dayball is going to be the coach, even though they have to hire, they have to interview Brian Flores, uh, you know, even though they already have their guy, why, why does another coach in the NFL know that? That is just so striking to me. Um, Will his lawsuit fix everything? No, the Super Bowl is going to drown this out. It's in two weeks. I mean, hopefully what it will do is open some eyes for people. Uh, you know, it was almost too seemingly coincidence that the Washington football team drops their new name, you know, on the eve of this crazy day in which the NFL looks really, really bad. Uh, NFL looks bad. Giants look bad. John Elway looks terrible. Look, I imagine John Elway for how stupid he was running the Broncos outside of signing Peyton, Peyton Manning and winning the Super Bowl. Because after that, it was Paxton Lynch. It was Drew Locke. It was Trevor Simeon. It was complete just, uh, you know, lack of leadership, complete buffoonery from the top down from John Elway. Couldn't hire a uh, head coach. He actually hired Vance Joseph, right? But actually, you know, that Vance Joseph didn't perform well as a head coach you know setting color aside he was not a very good head coach he has gotten uh second chances as coordinators but again the question is why hasn't he got a second chance as a head coach mcdaniels was terrible he just got recycled it's these white guys that get recycled all the time dan campbell was a miami dolphins coach he was terrible and then he gets recycled again but it's why aren't we recycling you know why aren't we recycling todd bowles why doesn't van joseph get another crack it's just one and done for these guys. It was pretty clear, and I don't know how it happened. You would think that Brian Flores was one of the top candidates available. Shocking firing from the Dolphins. No one saw it coming. Jay Glazer didn't even know. It was abundantly clear as time was going on, and you're getting you're getting a hired nobody for the Bears. You know, just another white coordinator going to the Broncos. Where was Brian Flores going to get hired? Josh McCown all of a sudden gets escorted to the front of the line, hasn't called a play in his life, but, you know, he's a good-looking white quarterback, former quarterback, even though he was super mediocre in his career. I can only imagine what he's going to be as a coach for the potential Houston Texans. Why is that guy getting uh, kicked to the front? Of, why is that guy even getting an interview? And Eric Bieniemy still does not have a head coaching job. We gave every single person under Andy Reid a head coaching job, Peterson. Uh, you know, Sirianni now doesn't even know how to form a sentence that sounds, you know, intellectual in any way, but he's getting a, a kick. Doug Peterson, uh, you name it, all the Nagy. How long until we see Matt Nagy again? Uh, you know, it's just stuff like that. Um, so I don't think this lawsuit will fix it, everything, but hopefully Brian Flores is courage to do this because what is he doing? He's basically doing what Kaepernick was doing and standing up for something that's not right. And I don't know if he wants to be a martyr, but he is going to be a martyr because the NFL is never going to, we saw what happened to Kaepernick. I mean, years passed, still didn't get any jobs, was seemingly blackballed, you name it. And that's the same probably happening for Brian Flores. And he is willing to accept that. And I mean, the lawsuit, if you read it, it's like 58 pages, but if this interests you in any way, it nailed everything right on the head of just how, you know, wrong the NFL has kind of been throughout the course of history and uh, this is the latest thing that really is a black mark against the league here. Uh, but it gets even crazier. In the lawsuit, Stephen Ross, the owner of the Dolphins, who is supposedly one of the you know more progressive owners in the league, and now he just looks like a complete schmuck, offering $100,000 per loss, uh, trying to get Brian Flores to tank. 
That is insane. First of all, you know, tanking is like a whispered secret. Now you've got owners paying their coaches a hundred grand to lose games in the NFL where that could be potentially violent and dangerous to do so to try and lose. Um, but they would have got Joe Burrow if they did tank that season. Huh? Remember they drafted Tua? They could have been the number one seed. Then everything would have been fine, right? Uh, Miami, good again. Burrow in South Beach. Flores in the Super Bowl. Everything A-OK. I'm obviously being facetious there. Uh, no, the reality is this needed to happen. It was happening every year. Finally, you get the Belichick proof where it's like, oh, wow, these guys are really just fucking around and think they could just do this to people. Uh, not so fast. I mean, people need to open their eyes to what's been going on, and hopefully this will help institute some positive change. The Rooney rule, which isn't perfect, was instituted two decades ago, and we somehow went from three black, black head coaches at the time to just one because owners made the, the rule a mockery and did what they wanted anyway. What happens if Mike Tomlin goes below 500 this year without Big Ben? Meanwhile, we give Dan Campbell a pat on the back for trying really hard and getting four wins while Brian Flores works his ass off in spite of his own owner wanting to lose games uh, and gets angry black guy attached to him in a smear campaign after a completely unjust firing and getting twice the amount of wins as Dan Campbell. Um. Yeah, he was somehow not going to get a job. The enemy's been passed over and over. Jim Caldwell had the best season ever for the Lions, but they would rather have Dan Campbell. Um, you know, it, it just gets worse. Uh, you know, we need to see better initiative here from the NFL. They botched it with Kaepernick, and we'll see how they're going to respond to this. Um, you know, they're going through all the proper channels and getting their prepared statements out there, but Josh McCown is getting interviewed for head coaching job. Um yeah, crazy stuff. All right, well, let's talk about some bad coaching to stick with the theme. Uh, there was some poor, poor, poor coaching. Biennemi can't skate this one. He, he, he's, uh, he choked that game away, him and Andy Reid, against uh, the Bengals. The Chiefs and 49ers both coughed up and choked their way out of a Super Bowl appearance. Uh, the Chiefs got cocky. It looked like they, Mahomes waltzes down the goddamn field and throws just a bullet on the run. Back of the end zone, boom, Chiefs are here, boom, Arrowhead's going crazy, the kingdom, 21-10, uh, and then the Chiefs got too cute. They did this a little in the regular season where teams are begging, daring Mahomes to just take the easy throw, knowing he hates having to dump down. He's trying to wow the crowd. He's trying to wow you as the best ever, the most artful ever by no looking at throwing it 70 yards downfield to a cheetah in Tyreek Hill. Um, but Andy Reid can't skate too. He's getting cocky with it. The, he thinks the offense is so good. They run a crazy screenplay where what you're throwing behind the line of scrimmage with five seconds left. I'm with it. You guys are a great enough, good enough, excellent enough offense to keep it on the field. And with five seconds left in the half, experiment with a throw to the end zone, try and get the touchdown, but still have the ability to have that field goal in your back pocket. That play call was not that. And Mahomes can't skate on that either. Throw it out the back of the end zone. Okay. Don't do not throw that in the field of play with no timeouts and Hill can't get there. Boom. Timeout over or time runs out. You go to the locker room. You're thinking, ah, it's still 11 points. We're still the chiefs game over. You could have used that field goal. You would have won. You would have been in your uh, freaking third straight super bowl. Um, ridiculous. 
But then the, the second half play calling was awful as well. The throwing when they shouldn't have been just run the football. They were running over four and a half yards per carry. Swallow your pride, get to the Super Bowl, run the time down. You're up 11 in the second half against a guy who has not been here, against a coach who has not been here. You've been here. Act like you've been here before. Um, you know, it, it was just, it was ridiculous. The screen pass that they called first time, it didn't work. And then they open up uh, the next possession with the same screen pass, Telegraph City. It's picked. Bengals tie the game. Uh they were rushing three and Mahomes is running around in circles, running backwards like a, a fool. Uh, he nearly coughed the game up in just like hilarious infamy at the end of that game. They were on the same thing as the end of the first half. They were inside uh, the five with, with downs to work with. And all of a sudden Mahomes is running backwards and falling and sacking and coughing up the football. And luckily they fall on it, kick the field goal, but then he throws the interception and the rest is history. Um, so that was one choke job. Uh, and now Mahomes, if it wasn't for Kyle Shanahan and Jimmy G's choke job in that Super Bowl, you know, we're talking about a guy that doesn't have a, a trophy. Uh, now it's just the one Super Bowl. Things could quickly happen. You know, you think Rodgers and Russell Wilson, when they get their Super Bowl, are going to run the league. Ben Roethlisberger gets two. Eli gets two. And then not everyone's Brady. Not anyone's even close to Brady. Falcons haven't even sniffed a Super Bowl since they were up 28-3. But now the NFC South appears to be open. Tom Brady's gone. What? Why, why can't the Falcons be this year's Bengals? Huh? We're going to get a great draft pick. Uh, Arthur Smith looked great in his first year. Now the division's wide open. Hopefully that means we get in the playoffs. And once you're there, Bengals showed anyone can win. Um, it's all about just one game. That excites me. Uh, it's not just a thing anymore with Kyle Shanahan. He has choked severely in two Super Bowls and now another NFC Championship game. You're up 10 in the fourth quarter. I, I couldn't believe my eyes. It's How does he do this? How does he keep doing this? Jimmy G's likely gone. He's fine. I think he'll be serviceable on a, on a team. Uh, and that's that team could be a playoff team if it is built well around him like the Niners are. Uh, but we've basically seen Jimmy Garoppolo's ceiling. Have we not? Um, okay. So what I'm going to try and do, I want to talk and get some, because that's just my thoughts from the game. I want to talk to Zach Kelly, 49ers fan, get his thoughts here towards the end of the week of how his season concluding and how he thought slash viewed uh, that final game in the NFC title. And I want to do the same with Matt Doss, Chiefs fan, who of course uh, made it to the Super Bowl last year, but this time comes up a game short. Wanted to get his thoughts on what he thought from the Chiefs in that game, being up 11, seeing it kind of ripped away from him. And I mean, you obviously know you're going to be good going forward with Mahomes, but you know, what are the expectations moving forward, I guess, so to speak, where it's like you got that Super Bowl. Now it's like you're a little hungover since that win two years ago. Uh, what, what are some of the thoughts and feelings there? And then next week, I want to talk Rams, Bengals, obviously. I want to talk to Aaron Platts, and I want to talk to our guy, Kirill Smolianski. I've been to a Bengals game. I went to that game, which the 49ers beat them in crazy fashion in Cincinnati. It was crazy. Paul Bryant Stadium. I love it. Great atmosphere. That team is dying. That fan base, that city is dying for something like this, and they're loving every second of it. Uh, Rams are loving it, too. And this 
this is guy Aaron who has been through St. Louis getting it ripped away, but then he lives in LA. So he gets to stay with his team and now they're good. Stan Kroenke has him in the Super Bowl, that freaking uh, sick son of a bitch, but uh, want to hear from those guys in a little bit more jubilance uh, next week as we've got two weeks into the Super Bowl. But here are my initial thoughts. Four and a half Rams are favored over the Bengals. Is this last year? It was the first time that we had a team hosting their own Super Bowl with the Bucks, and they were listed as a dog Brady at home uh, to the Chiefs. And of course, they outright win. Now I'm thinking it's like, oh, okay, home field. Somehow we have home field again, back-to-back years. It's never happened before. Rams are hosting, but that's not a home field. There might be more Bengals. You just saw that in the 49ers game. There might be more Bengals fans there. There might be – there's just celebs. Celebs who don't even know who the Rams quarterback is attending that game. Uh, so I, I wonder if that line is a little bit too much of an overcorrection from last year giving the Rams a little bit of an edge here, or rather Bengals a little bit of an edge. If you think they are truly the better side and this will be closer, they're giving you, I mean, they're begging you to take the Bengals there because, you know, if this is a fuel goal game, Bengals betters are walking to the cash counter um, and the public is falling for it at the moment. That's what I love is we get to watch two weeks of line movement here for the biggest game of the year. Um, And I like seeing new blood in there. It's weird. It feels a little bit different, but it's exciting, and hopefully we get a good game. Uh, Sharps have jumped on the Rams. This opened at three and a half, and is at four and a half without the public uh, side on tickets. Without the more tickets, uh, public are on the Bengals so far. That could change, but right now, Sharps line movement—it's kind of looking what Georgia did when everyone thought it was going to be Bama. Um, everyone's loving Joey B. Rams. We knew the Rams were a top five team throughout the course of the year, wire to wire. It was just that. It, uh, Stafford was playing streaky. He had that great first half of the season, looked like the MVP until he coughed it up because he looked borderline terrible in the second half. But that ro- roster is still talented. Uh, they added, and they look, Robert Woods, they replaced him with OBJ. That dude is still clearly a playmaker, as uh, he has certainly helped them down the stretch. And uh, voila, this team's here. Like, that's a talented roster. We knew they were top five team, but there's still one game left for Stafford to be Stafford, right? Uh, you know, so we'll see. That's There's always a chance because on the other side of things, uh, Burrow hasn't lost a stakes game yet. Oh, yeah, and he won a see a uh, college football title, and the guy he won it with is still running routes for him in Jamar Chase. Sean McVay hired Zach Taylor. Uh, when he got the Rams job, that's an also narrative that I will be interested in and something to keep an eye on. McVay made some puzzling decisions in that NFC title game. That dude was burning timeouts like a heater, uh, you know, just giving them away on stupid challenges. I would argue the Bengals should have lost their last two games, right? Tennessee and then, of course, the Chiefs. Hell, it could have even been three as the Raiders were trying to uh, give them a scare. The Rams have just potentially should have lost their last game. Um, when they were down to the 49ers by 10 in the fourth quarter, but you get Shanahan. Um, and they themselves very well could have pulled a Shanahan and collapsed first the Bucks, but they dominated that game and it was just fumbles. It was weird. Um, you know, that I it, it's interesting. You know, it's the bounce of a football can determine any game. And it, when it's do or die in the NFL playoffs, it's crazy. We get uh, the Bengals a chance for their Super Bowl, first in Super Bowl, first in franchise history. Uh, in terms of winning the Super Bowl. And then, of course, we've got the Los Angeles Rams possibly taking it on their beautiful 
in their beautiful new stadium. Um, Major League Baseball, quietly, also the news today, it looks like they're going to be delaying spring training, which inevitably is going to be delaying their season. I've mentioned this earlier, months earlier, as, uh, you know, once the World Series was wrapping up, this was coming. And then once we had the work stoppage, I kind of told you, hey, they're they're not – we've already seen a shortened season. We got that in 2020. So they are not opposed to doing that again. They've got the kind of negotiating power there. They know – look, it's getting to the point where life is so immediate. Everyone is just quick, quick, quick. Baseball is getting slower, slower, losing its fans. Fan base is getting older, 162 games. I mean, you know, people – Here's people that pay attention to baseball. It's us baseball fans, which love. We'll take all the games we can get. Um, and this will suck for us because it's looking like it's going to be a shortened season. But other people, you know, usually only turn into base, tune into baseball in July. You know, you know, you could argue that the NBA still runs supreme through uh, the summer, through June. Uh, you know, NHL playoffs are always interesting as well. They run through the summer and then you kind of get to what is there? Obviously, March Madness in March. And then what is there? You know, it's just baseball. Weather's nice. Everyone's out golfing. Um, and then once it's August, it's college football. Then we get NFL. Um, so baseball is playing an interesting game and it just sucks. Again, for us baseball fans, it looks like, you know, come April, once we get a national champion in college basketball, we're going to be looking around like, you know, I'll be watching NBA and NHL, but to be like wait why aren't we getting to watch baseball this year uh it'll suck phoenix suns last i checked they're on fire barring they didn't collapse here to the nets uh did they collapse did they collapse no they win they make it 11 straight the phoenix suns unbelievable uh you know i don't have an nba favorite team that's my bet they're a nice story my futures bet for the uh nba title which has been you know circulating on youtube quite a bit uh, they've been on fire. I still think they are the best team. Nets are in a free fall. And, um, you know, I like rooting for the Suns. I like rooting for Chris Paul. I think he deserves a championship for what he's done for the sport of basketball, uh, for that position, for a guy his height. Uh, he truly is, I think, one of the best athletes we've watched. Just really underappreciated, too. LSU is on ice. My guy, Christian Verde, tough. Uh, they're injured. SEC's tough. They fall to below 500. It's go time. Got to win some games. You got you to gotta perform well here towards the end. I think the schedule gets a little bit easier. Then you can always go on a run in the SEC tournament, of course, and get hot at the right time. Uh, you know, they're likely going to fall. This is a brutal loss against Ole Miss. You're likely going to fall out of the top 25, but it, you got to hang around. You, you know, you bubble team, better than bubble team, you got to hang tough. And the first start there is getting healthy. Wisconsin's hanging tough. They're at the top of the Big Ten, still looking strong. That Providence loss is looking better by the second as Providence is one of the hottest teams in the nation. Wisconsin gets a true test in the Illini. Early losses, they've dealt with their fair share of injuries. Um, this is going to be awesome. Illini are favored by seven. You know, I, I would expect them to win. I think they are still the class of the Big Ten. Like, you've got... It's still Michigan State and the Illini up there, I feel. Um, and Wisconsin's hung tough. They lost to Michigan State, lost to Ohio State, and then Providence. First meeting against the Illini. Illini tied with them currently, but this is their first matchup in Big Ten play. Um, exciting. Exciting stuff. Um, so that'll be fun a Wednesday night. All right, Corbett's Corner, lots to dissect there. The Brian Flores stuff, that'll be kind of a day-to-day -day thing. We're monitoring as we get closer to the Super Bowl. And then again, baseball getting delayed. So it's 
NBA, college hoops, NHL, and we'll get some tennis and golf. That's why I love each and every sport. Uh, Corbett's Corner, thanks for hanging with us. We'll talk to you uh, later this week. Winging it's going to come out Thursday morning, and we'll hope to get that Corbett's Corner with a little uh, Chiefs and 49ers sorrow for you uh, this weekend. Take care.